feel like it. And this is not in the sermon today, but I think it's so important because you never know when the Holy Spirit's going to move. There was a, a man that got healed by Jesus who would go to the pool of Bethesda every day. And when the angel, the angel of healing came and stirred the water, whoever got into the pool first got healed. Well, how do you know that your healing isn't going to come on the Sunday that you skipped? Wow! And maybe the reason you haven't gotten your healing yet, and I think we need to stress this in our Bible studies, maybe the reason why you haven't gotten your healing is because you're not showing yourself faithful enough to God, and he's right now testing your faith. Because the trying of our faith does what? Builds character. So that's why you don't pray for patience because the only way you get patience is to have your character go through trials to build your character. You're just supposed to be patient. So we believe the divine, that divine healing is provided for all in the atonement. There, there's no conditions on that. We believe divine healing is provided for all in the atonement. But when we did our read today, you saw in James that if you, if you confess your sins or your faults one to another, that some of your illness could be caused because of sin that you're harboring in your life that you won't let go. Maybe God is trying to get you to get rid of your sin that's in your life and trying to get your attention. We talk about it a lot. A lot of times an alcoholic finally doesn't get over his alcoholism until he hits rock bottom. I've known a lot of, a lot of alcoholics who had to be kicked out of their home and said their wife and children, we're not putting up with it no more. And they were kicked out of their home. They hit rock bottom. They had nowhere to go. And finally all they could do is look up to God. And they turned their life over to him. And they didn't have to stay an alcoholic. Come on. Come on. God still, Jesus still heals. Do we believe it? And maybe we've been going about it all wrong trying to get our healing. It's still a matter of faith. And we're going to see from our text today that there was three different ways that healing came to the people. They're very subtle, so we'll, I'll point them out to you as we go. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this message today, and I pray it's going to help someone in their faith journey. That, Lord, it will strengthen their faith, and they will believe you for the miracle that they've been needing. Oh, Lord, touch us today, I pray in Jesus' name. And let only the words that I, would, that I say be from you. Don't let distractions come, Lord, today. But, Lord, let this word get deep into our hearts. 
And Lord, that it will touch our minds and get rid of some of our stinking thinking that's been getting in the way of our faith. We just praise you for this. In Jesus' name, amen. Before I get into the text, the Holy Spirit just reminded me of something that we saw in our read today. Is that when the lepers were healed, when Jesus told the lepers they were healed, he told them to do something. Go show yourselves to the priests. Today, he would tell you, go show yourself to your doctor. Because you don't know that your doctor would get saved because of it. But go show yourself. Go show yourself to your doctor to prove that I'm more powerful. And I have the answer for your need. Some things we need to do by faith. We need to do by faith and believe it. Let's look at Luke 4, 38 through 44. Now he arose from the synagogue and entered Simon's house. But Simon's wife's mother was sick with a high fever. There you go. Peter was married. Otherwise he wouldn't have had a wife and he wouldn't have had a mother-in-law. Was sick with a high fever. And they made a request of him concerning her. Who did they make the request of? Jesus. So they went to Jesus concerning his mother-in-law. So he stood over her, rebuked the fever, and it left her. And immediately she rose and served them. When the sun was setting, all those who had any that were sick with various diseases brought them to him, and he laid his hands on every one of them, and healed them. And the demons also came out, many crying out, saying, You are the Christ, the Son of God. And he rebuked them, did not allow them to speak, for they knew that he was the Christ. He was the Messiah. Now on the day, now when it was day, he departed and went into a deserted place. And the crowd sought him and came to him and tried to keep him from leaving. And he said to them, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also, because for this purpose I have been sent. And he was preaching in the synagogues of Galilee. Now, I don't know if you saw all the three points that I'm going to point out to you in that text today about how to receive your healing. But I want you, I'm going to go back to Matthew for a second. Matthew 8, 17. Matthew includes this verse, this um, quote from Isaiah in his story about Peter's, mom's, uh, Peter's mother-in-law's healing. And he said in verse 17 in Matthew 8, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sickness. Now you, you see that? Matthew thought it was so important that he included, this is Jesus fulfilling the prophecy from Isaiah. But I decided, I'm going to go see exactly what Isaiah had to say, and Isaiah had more to say than just that. And this should encourage you before we go back and look at Luke's account to see the three ways that um, he wanted to, subtle ways that he wanted to point out to us about getting our healing. 
You see, Luke, wanted, as a doctor, wanted to emphasize the faith. But there are certain things we need to do. Let's go back to Isaiah 53, verse 4 and 5. Isaiah says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet, he esteemed, we, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. So we're going to take a closer look. And I want you to notice all the things that Jesus was willing to do for us there. Now, where did all this happen? He did all this work on the cross for us. Amen? In fact, in 1 Peter, Peter goes ahead and quotes this verse as well when he talks about our healing. Now, Jesus did all this work on the cross for us. Now, I'm going to ask you a very, before we look at this, because there's six things that Jesus did there for us here in Isaiah. But I'm going to ask you a question that's so important. If Jesus carried all these things on the cross for us, why do we pick them back up and carry them? Hello? Why do we do it? We need to leave these things at the cross. It's one of the reasons why people don't get the... You, you notice he lists a bunch of things, and the last thing is, is, by his stripes are we healed. And we get so excited about that as Pentecostals. Yay, by his stripes are we healed. Do you hear that quoted all the time? But people are carrying around all the other stuff that Jesus did for them. Hello? <laughs> and then we wonder why we don't get to number six on the list. Number six on the list. Well, let's go through it. Number one, he bore our griefs. But I have so many people that go around, woe is me. I might as well name them Eeyore. Woe is me. My tail fell off again. My house fell down. What am I going to do? I'm so sad. Oh, the sadness of the Lord is my strength. That's our theme song at prayer meeting, by the way. Not the sadness of my, the joy of the Lord is my strength. We, we don't know how, but every time we get together for prayer, we end up singing that. It's not something that we like, it's not a subconscious thing to do. It's such an old chorus. It's like, why would we pick that? And it wasn't, the Lord picked it out for us. We end up singing it every time. Doesn't matter if it's at the beginning or like this time it was at the end. Yeah. And boy, did we have prayer on, on, on Thursday night. But he bore our griefs. If you're grieving, take it to Jesus and leave it there. Oh Lord, I pray for that family yesterday. Some of us are going around moping and groaning and crying. But I pray for that family whose four-week-old four baby was brought into the hospital last night who died. 
I pray for that family over in England who fought for their son Charlie to live. And on Friday he died. How can we moan and groan and cry and complain when, Lord, you, when we see real grief? And ours pales comparison, Lord, we turn our grief over to you. Listen, Isaiah thought this was so, the Holy Spirit thought this was so important. He says he, he bore our griefs, number one, but number two, he carries our sorrows. Did you ever think about that? Sorrows go deeper than grief. My father was mean to me when I was a child. Give it to the Lord. My mother didn't care for me when I was a child. Give it to the Lord. My daughter won't speak to me. Give it to the Lord. I paid for my, my son's college tuition all those years and he's a knucklehead. <laughs> Give it to the Lord. <laughs> let, your, <laughs> let your Lord have your sorrows and your grief. Let the Lord have your knuckleheads. He's the only one who can get through to him anyway. You've tried, haven't you? And tried and tried and tried, but you love him. Give them to the Lord. Let the Lord take care of it. He carried it at the cross, it says here. Oh, my health is now, I grieve my health that my body once was. Give it to the Lord. So number one, he carries our griefs. Number two, he carries our sorrows. Number three, he was wounded for our transgressions. I don't see Jesus walking around being all mopey about being wounded for our transgressions. <laughs> He wears them, does he not, like they're his medals. See my hands, the holes in my hands and the wound on my side? He carries them around like they are his medals. I got the Congressional Medal of Honor, the heavenly one. The highest honor I could have, and I'm carrying them around forever. Don't take these away from me. I earned them on the cross. And it's a sign that I won. And because I won, you win. So number three, he was wounded for our transgressions. He, oh, he, number four, he was bruised for our iniquities. <sighs> hmm. What's iniquities? Sin. Oh, but I can't give up my sin. My sin is too strong for me to give up. He was bruised for your iniquities. Leave it at the cross. Stop picking it up. Stop thinking that you're stronger than it. Jesus is stronger than it. In my weakness, Paul says, I am made strong. Do you think maybe he looked at these uh, Isaiah 53 and figured it out? <laughs> Jesus carried it. I'm going to take it to the cross. I'm going to leave it there. What else? Oh! <clears throat> <sighs> Number 5. 
Number five, I'll get in trouble for this one. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. Joanne, I don't know why then, if this is the case, the chastisement for our peace was upon him. I don't know why then Christians are going around with depression. Take your depression to the cross. Peace is the opposite of depression. Peace is knowing that God will handle the situation no matter what. God will take care of the problem no matter what. God will take care of you no matter what. And we all battle depression from time to time. Just ask anybody who works at WCCO. <laughs> we have to work overtime again when? How many weeks or seven days are we going to have? No, we give it to the Lord and we say, thank you, Lord, for the extra money. In Jason's case, the wife doesn't work as much as she does in the school year. So thank you, Lord, for the extra money. Oh, praise the Lord. <laughs> Poor Jason sometimes comes in falling asleep. But it's the Holy Ghost that energizes him. I once got in trouble because I said that if you're anxious all the time, you need to repent. Because the Bible says, be anxious for nothing. That is part of leaving it at the cross. Lord, I repent of this. I was diagnosed a couple years ago with type 2 diabetes. I don't like it. I want the Lord to touch me. I don't like the side effects that come with it. But most people don't know that there's more to diabetes than just a sugar problem. It affects a lot of things. Your whole circulatory system, your nerves, your heart, your brain. People don't know that. And once in a while it causes depression. And it's worldwide. It doesn't matter where you live, it's worldwide. They've been studying the depression part of it. Why does it happen so much with Americans? And they found out it's a worldwide problem. You know what? I'm so glad that he carried my depression on the cross because the chastisement for our peace was upon him. I can give it to him. But there are days when you need to just pray for your pastor. Just pray for him. I just have to give it to the Lord. I tell my wife, don't worry about it. Just give me a little time. I'm going to be over it. It's not fun. But I have to give it to the Lord. Because the Lord is my strength. It's not me. And I'm not the first person to have to deal with it. And I probably won't be ever be the last one. I just think that they do know what causes it better now. But they don't really want to cure it because it, it makes them billions of dollars every year. And so 
Let me tell you, those who are listening and those who are here, if the doctors diagnose you with something, you need to become your own advocate. Amen? And you need to look at everything. And so, praise God. Now, did you notice there was five things here listed, and then he gets to the sixth one? What's the sixth one? The one we all get excited about. By his stripes, we are healed. I, 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 I keep going down in the prayer line, and I keep going back with it. Have we left it at the cross? We saw the, before I get back into it, we saw the ten lepers come, right? Jesus, go show yourself to the priest. Only one came back to say thank you. What about the rest? What did Jesus say to the one over the, the nine? Your faith has made you well. You know, Jesus didn't take a lot of time to heal people, did he? And I know sometimes our faith is spent. I know that. That's why we need the faith of others. Do we sometimes just run up to pray for people because it's the thing to do? Uh-oh. Do we have faith to believe that the God's going to move and do? I've been complaining to the Lord about some people in our church. I really have. I've really been complaining about, to the Lord about some of the people in our church. And my complaint is, why haven't you healed them yet? Why is it when we lay hands on them, they don't get healed? What's going on, Lord? Where's our faith? Jesus, of course, says some things have to come by much prayer and fasting. But there's so many things that are so simple. Let's get into the, let's look at Luke's account and see the three things people did and then Jesus healed. Three things people did and then Jesus healed. And this is what I want to focus on the rest of the time I have. All right? Number one, they made a request. They made a request. Now he arose from the synagogue, Jesus, and entered Simon's house. But Simon's, mother's, Simon's wife's mother was sick with a high fever. And here it is. And they made a request of him concerning her. Okay. So he stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. And immediately she arose and served them. Jesus says, we have not because we ask not. Hello? Peter and his wife made a request of Jesus to heal his mother-in-law. Now, I don't know if Peter's, Peter's wife, I don't know if she couldn't cook or not. You know, this was an urgent thing. Mom has, Mom has a fever. She can't make the biscuits today. She might have been the best biscuit maker in there. Jesus loved her biscuits. She can't make his biscuits he likes so much. I got the honey. I got the butter. But there's no biscuits to go with them. Come on. Okay, for my southern friends who might be watching, cornbread. Okay, but the, the biscuits. We like the biscuits up here. 
But there was a problem. Mom's got a fever. She's stuck in bed. And Jesus came and healed her. But I want, to notice, I want you to notice something. It's the way he prayed. He didn't just go, Be healed. The angels started singing him. Do you notice how he prayed? He rebuked the fever. Some things need to be rebuked. Come on. My word. There are certain diseases we just hate, don't we? Because how it destroys. Maybe we should start rebuking them. I rebuke you in the... We usually just think it's for the, uh, the person who's out of line. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Straighten up. No, 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 no. Jesus rebuked the fever. I rebuke you, fever, in the, in the name of me, Jesus said. <laughs> I'm sorry, it just came out. He says, if you ask anything in my name, it'll be done. The Father will do it, you know. And so, <laughs> right? I rebuke that fever in the name of Jesus. Some things deserve a good rebuke in Jesus' name. Amen? And I'm not just talking about that knucklehead that drives you up the wall. I'm talking about getting somebody's healing. Number two, not only did they make a request, but number two, they brought to Jesus. They brought to Jesus those who were sick and demon-possessed. Did you see that? When the sun was setting, all those who had any that were sick with very... By the way, can I just point something out for those who are listening at home or watching at home? Jesus came back from synagogue. He went to church. It was important for Jesus to go to church. Hello? Is it not important for you to go to church? Amen. Come on. And if you're stuck at home, if you're one of those people that can't get out anymore, and this is a blessing to you that you could either listen online or watch online, go to our website, wapitonnewlife.org, and send us a message. You can message us right there. Send us a prayer request. Tell us how much you enjoyed watching. Become part of our church that way. Because if you're a shut-in, I don't care where you are in the country, if you're a shut-in and this is a blessing to you and you're being fed by the Lord, let us know. Because we want to pray with you. Because believe it or not, we have more people coming to church with us online than we do in the, in the seats. And that kind of, that's kind of exciting that we're reaching people with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. But when the sun was setting, all those who, were, who had any that were sick with various diseases brought, brought, brought them to him. And he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. And the demons also came out of many, crying and saying, You are the Christ, the Son of God. And he rebuked them. Oh, rebuking again. And did not allow them to speak, for they knew that he was the Christ. There's an important lesson to be learned here. 
Sometimes we need to bring people along to their healing. Sometimes we need to bring people along to their healing. They brought him. You cannot believe the lists that we have on Thursday to pray for people. And throughout the week to pray for people for their healing. But how about we bring them along to a service so we can actually lay hands on them to see them become well. Amen? Come on. Now I know Thursday we only had three things on our prayer list. But out of those three things we had so much to pray about. Boy, it took up the whole hour, didn't it? Especially the third thing we prayed for. And there was so much out of it we got to pray for. We prayed over this whole community. And Lord, whatever the reason they're going to shut down the road over here, um, Lord, we pray that it's quick. We pray that it's quick. But sometimes we need to bring people along to their healing. We need to explain what does the Word of God say. We need to show them. We need to help build up their faith. So they brought them. And Jesus laying on of hands. That's why we Pentecostals lay on hands when we pray for people, because Jesus laid on hands. Why is it? It's a point of contact. Why do we use the oil and anoint them with oil? It's because the oil is a symbol of the Holy Ghost. That point of contact. Church is not just coming to church to, to sing a couple of songs, hear a sermon, and go home. It's about building fellowship amongst the believers and having unity. It's that contact. You can't, you can't have that kind of fellowship when you're sitting at home, surrounding yourself with sinners. And you don't hear the word of God, and you don't have others who are building you up in faith. But I want you to notice something. Jesus told the demons to shut up. Did you see that? Again, we see a rebuking. Jesus rebuked the demons, told them to be quiet. Actually, that's not the language that the Greek gives. It's more like our shut up. Jesus was never polite to the demons. He had no use for them. They're rebellious creatures. They're destroying creatures. They don't like us. They like to inflict pain and problems. The one little boy that could, they couldn't cure of epilepsy and the demon was always throwing him into the water to drown him or trying to throw him on the fire to kill him. And they said, why can't we heal him, Jesus? Why can't we cast the demon out? Because Jesus said some things come from much prayer and fasting. And Jesus was ready for him. Boom! He was instantly delivered and healed. And his daddy was so far. But let me say something. If Jesus rebuked the demons, if he told them to shut up, why do we listen to them? You come down, you get prayed for. God touches you in a mighty way. You feel the power of God just go through you. And instead of leaving the problem at the altar on the way back, the demons, the devil lies to you and says, you're no different than what you went up there like. And you pick it back up and you wonder why 
oh, why am I still the same? Yeah. We need to stop listening to the enemy of our souls. No, we got to say, I rebuke you, demon. I rebuke you, devil. I'm not listening to you. God said by his stripes, I am healed and I'm claiming, I'm accepting, I'm holding on to the healing that I just received. <clears throat> and why is that important? Because what did Jesus say about delivering people from spiritual forces? If we go ahead and clean the house but don't put something new in, what do they do? They come back with seven of their friends and they, the person is in worse shape. We need to rebuke the enemy and say, I'm not listening to you no more. As Joyce Meyer says, the devil has been lying to you for a long, long, long time. We got to stop listening to his lies. Stop listening to his lies that you're a nobody. Stop listening to his, his lies that you're not smart. Stop listening to his lies that you're funny looking. Stop listening to his lies that nobody loves you and nobody's going to want to love you. Stop listening to his lies that you're going to be lonely for the rest of your life. Stop listening to his lies that your children will never turn around. Stop listening to his lies that you'll never be out of debt. Stop, oh glory to God, that that school loan will be with you forever and ever, all the way into eternity. Stop listening to his lies. Come on. Rebuke the devil, tell him to shut up. And just listen to the Holy Ghost who's saying, oh, by my strength, you'll overcome. How do you overcome? By the word of your testimony. Start speaking the word of your testimony. God touched me. We used to love singing that old song. He touched me. Oh, he touched me. And oh, the joy my soul. Something happened. And now I know. He touched me and made me whole. Think about that. That's what some of our modern songs are missing. Is our, the word of our testimony. That's how the Bible says we overcome. And Jesus says, they who overcome get to sit on my throne with me. Ooh, glory to God. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Think about what it was like when you were a little child. Getting to climb up on the lap of your parent or your grandma or grandpa and how special you felt. So not only do they make requests, not only did they bring, but they sought him. I think this is the most important thing we're going to see here this morning, is they sought him. It's very subtle. It's more subtle than the rest. 
Look what the word says here. Verse 42. Now when the day, it was day, he departed and went into a deserted place. <clears throat> this, New Testament talks about deserted places all the time, doesn't it? He fed the 5,000 in a deserted place, didn't he? Great things happen in deserted places. Great things happen in your prayer closet. Then on his day, he departed went into a deserted place. And the crowd, what did they do? They sought him and came to him and tried to keep him from leaving. But he said, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also. Because for this purpose, I have been sent. And just a little side note, verse 44, and he, and he was preaching in the synagogues of Galilee. Again, he went to church every week, otherwise he wouldn't have been preaching in the synagogues in Galilee. Every time it was Sabbath, he was in church. What is with Christians today? When it's Sabbath, we should be in church. Not because legalism tells us to, because we want to serve the Lord and praise his holy name. And we might miss out something that God is doing. Amen. The other reason I've been strong on that, we have, we have somebody who said, well, I don't need to belong to any, any church. I just belong to God. Um, then you're in disobedience of the word of God. Because he said, do not neglect your, the assembling of yourselves together. If you belong to God, you're going to do what God says. I heard one amen. Can I have an amen on that? Amen. If you belong to God, you're going to do what God says. The reason why I, I say that is because more and more evangelicals are thinking that we can do things we can accept things that are not godly. Wait a second, but the Bible says it's sin. And the Bible says it's sin, then it must be sin. I just go by what the Word of God says. Not what I say. Now, Verse 42 through 44, it's important that we get these, this. They sought him. They followed him out into the deserted place. You know, that tells me sometimes we need to get alone with our God to get our healing. Come on. We need to get alone with our God to get our healing. Well, Pastor, I'm always alone in my place that I live. That's not what I'm talking about. They sought him. We need to get alone with God and seek him. They followed him out to the deserted place and they sought him. What should that speak to us? Maybe the reason why we haven't gotten that healing yet is because we haven't gotten alone with him to seek his face. So he can prove how dependent we are upon him. We've got to grab a hold of our Bible and press it close. 
We need to pray. We need to be in the Word and read it. We need to rebuke the devil when he keeps us from reading our Bibles. I had somebody say, I just can't get into my Bible. Well, rebuke the devil, rebuke the flesh, and get into it anyway. If you got it on tape, oh, I'm showing my age. If you got it on your computer or your tablet or your device, turn it on and listen to it. I know it is not as good as reading it. But you know what? While you're listening to it, open up your Bible and try to follow along. You're using more of your senses that way. And if you're having a hard enough time seeing the words, put your finger on each word and touch the words as the person on the device is saying them. Now you're putting more senses to it. Tell the devil, I am not going to let you win. I rebuke you in Jesus' name. I'm having my time with my Lord. I'm going to get in and seek him because I need a miracle. How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing and hearing what? The word of God. It is the preaching of the kingdom of God. That gospel message that brings healing. Did you not see what Jesus, it's all right there. Jesus says, I must preach the kingdom of God in other cities also. Why? Because faith comes by hearing. We need to still request and bring and seek to receive our healing. Well, well, pastor, give me one more proof of this. Okay, Jesus' brother reminds us of it. Jesus' brother? Yeah, James, you know, the pastor of the church in Jerusalem? The guy who wrote the book of James? Let me remind you what he said. We read it this morning. James chapter 5, 14 and 16. What does he say? Is anyone sick among you? Is anyone sick among you? Let him call the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith. Do you see all this stuff coming together, what we've been talking about? And the prayer of faith will save the sick. And the Lord will raise him up. Okay, here's the next part. If he has committed sins, you see the next part? He will be forgiven. You see why when we come to the altar, we want the Lord to alter us? Leave it at the altar. Leave it at the altar. Confess your trespasses. The old King James says faults. Confess your trespasses one to another. Now, I would say if you're confessing your trespasses, make sure it's a trusted person. We had somebody in our church, people used to think they could trust her, and it was all over town. And then they would blame Jason for telling it. Why? Because they told Jason, they told me, they told Judy, and we prayed for him, but they made the mistake of telling the other one. You see, the spirit of gossip is horrible. And they spread it all over town. And then they thought leadership was the fault. 
Oh, why did Jason and Pastor and Judy tell everybody? We didn't tell a soul. We left it between us and the fence post. That was between them and God. We were just praying for them. But that other person was running around, spreading it. Hallelujah, we don't have that problem no more. God took care of it for us. And I'm not trying to put anybody down, and I'm, that's why I'm not mentioning names. But if somebody comes to you in confidence and says, I need, to, I need your help to pray with me over this thing, keep it in confidence. It's not your job to tell their story. It's not your job to tell their testimony. That's their job. Let them tell their story. You keep it between you, them, and God. And if you have a problem with it, tell the Lord, ask the Lord to take it out of your mind so you can't even remember them telling you. And if he has committed sin, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you <clears throat> may be what? Healed. That's why we come to the altar to let God alter us. And we leave it at the altar. Because when God forgives, guess what? He forgets it as far as the east is from the west. He puts it in his sea of his forgetfulness. That's why the temple was set up on an east-west conjectory. Because when you were forgiven, you couldn't find it again. And then it says, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man, and I can put woman there, <clears throat> avails much. <coughs> All of a sudden, I rebuke that tickle in my throat in Jesus' name. This is where we're trying to get as a congregation to be effective in our prayer life so that when somebody says, I got cancer, they can come to church and be healed. So when somebody says, I just got diagnosed with diabetes, they can come to church and be healed. So when somebody comes along and says, my marriage is a mess, I need healing for my marriage, we can pray for them and their marriage is healed. Come on. Or they come to church and say, my child is out of control. Please pray. And we can see that child, that relationship with that parent and their child healed. And if that child needs to be delivered, they'll be delivered. And if that child needs to be set free from sin, they'll be set free from sin. Come on. That's why we're seeking for revival. That's why we're seeking the Lord to do His work. That's why we're asking the Lord to have his way in our lives. God says he's going to grow this church and he's going to grow it in a new way. Hello? But if we will seek his face, we will see such growth. We will be seeing people come to our church who are hungry for the word of God, for the true word of God. Who are hungry to worship and praise him.
Jason won't have to be begging people to praise the Lord. Oh, the church will just erupt in praise. Come on. People walk out of church so alive and vibrant. Going glory to God. Come on. But in order to have that, we can't be compromising the Word of God. We cannot be saying the culture has changed, so the Bible has to change. You know, the culture has changed over and over and over again in the world. Ever since man was put on the world, the culture changed, did it not? Adam and Eve, when they were first planted on the earth, they were holy before the Lord, and they walked around naked. Didn't think anything of it. Adam and Eve actually enjoyed walking around naked. They thought it was great. Temperature was just right. Never cold, never hot. They just loved being in the garden. But the culture shifted. When Satan came along and lied to Eve and Adam, and they believed the lie, and they ate of the fruit, what happened? Culture changed. But did the word of God change? <laughs> now now we're, they started having to walk around in clothes. Cultural shift. They were living in a garden. What it came build a city. Things changed. And culture has been changing ever so often. But does the word of God or what he says change? No. And that's what should define us. Is thus saith the Lord. Because if you listen to the culture today, we be all a mess. So let the Lord touch you today. Let the Lord heal you today. And as you come to the altar, let the Lord alter you. Let the Lord do his work in you and leave it at the cross. Trade that sorrow off. And let God touch your life in Jesus' name. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, I just thank you for this message today, and I pray that it's getting through. Even if it's just one person there, Lord, that you're speaking to, that it's getting through to them. That, Lord, they, that either they need just to make a request of you, bring somebody to you, or, Lord, get alone with you in that quiet, desolate place. to hear you speak to their heart and bring their healing. Oh Lord, touch right now by your Holy Spirit, touch by, heal us by your blood right now in Jesus' name because Lord, we are healed by your stripes. For Lord, healing is still in the atonement. You have not changed. You still want to touch your people. Touch us, I pray. In Jesus' precious name. So as the singers come to sing, while they sing this song, if you need a touch from the Lord, if you need that healing, come to the altar and leave it there. Come to the altar this morning and let God do his work in you.